Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Um, today we, uh, we have a special speaker, and he comes all the way from quasi-Wembley area-ish, somewhere around there. Okay. And uh, I, oh, you're already coming. Well, come on up. Okay, that's great. Hey, I want to I want to mention uh, when we have when we have special guest speakers, it's it's great. But I do want to tell you that Carlisle, in my opinion, probably hears from the Lord better than just about anyone. Probably not Pastor Trav. Of course, Pastor Trav hears from the Lord more distinctly. But Carlisle, when he has something to say to you, I'm confident that it is coming from the heart of the Lord. He he spends the time in the Word. He spends the time praying. And so whatever he has to say today, I'm confident that it is from the Lord's heart to you this morning. So listen up, okay? He has a commanding voice, so he'll be hard to ignore anyways. So. Thank you, Tyson. Okay, come on up. Thank you, Tyson. Come here. I appreciate your kind yeah. words. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome here. Um, guys, Manference is coming. Are you, are you signed up yet? I'm excited for the Youngbloods to be coming. I can't wait for that. Uh, and, yeah, Nice. And uh, what Ed was saying about Pastor Trav's message, even last week, starting the new year with um, uh, doing 2022 well. And his points, there were three points. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Don't do life with toxic people and be in church. There's something to that. And if you haven't listened to it, please listen to it. I encourage you to listen to it. So let's pray before we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us, God. We thank you for this this time that we can come and worship you and praise you, Father, for all the things that you've done. And God, that you would use, uh, that your, your scripture would come to life today, God, that you would speak through me, God, that you would be heard, not me, God, but you. So God, we just give you all the praise in your name. Amen. So every year, um, it's a question I always ask my kids. There's only one kid I haven't asked that's Leighton. I call him Latino. Um, he's our adopted 23-year-old. He doesn't live here, so I haven't got to ask him. I'm qu- quite interested on his answer. But I always ask, who do you want, 2021 dad or 2022 dad? And both Ava and Matthias said 2022 dad. So Ava said 2021 dad was really progressive and allowing her to do things. So I was like, well, you're getting older, Ava, so you can do more things. And then Matthias said, you'll get better in 2022. I'm like, what, am I not better now, Matthias? And he's like, we, everyone can get better, Dad. I'm like, ooh, okay. And then the question that I always nervous went to ask is my lovely wife, Jana, right there. I said, do you want 2021, Dad, or <laughs> Dad, <laughs> no. <laughs> We don't do that. We don't, we don't do that. We're not that couple. That was misspoken. Um, 2021 20, husband or 2022 husband. And she's like, you, you can't get better than you are. It's impossible. I'm like, okay, okay. And then she started to say these words. I wrote them down. There's not a thing that I would change because you're amazing just the way you are. And when you smile, the whole world stops and stares for a while. Because, boy, you're amazing just the way you are. Yes, yes, all these things are true, Jana. I, I understand that. But I need to change something. So. Uh, so I titled this message, Leaving a Legacy. Um, I always take this time in, in January. I take it actually throughout the year. There's probably at least four times that I self-evaluate where I'm at. And, and things that I need to change and to work on how I can be a better husband, a better father, a son, 
uh, employee, whatever that might be, and asking God, how can I change? How do you need me to step out of what, where I'm at right now? And God's been talking me, uh, to me personally a lot on leaving my legacy uh, for the next generation, but not generation, generations. And he was talking to me about taking the opportunities that he gives me, taking the opportunities like preaching right now. I didn't think this way before. God shifted the way I thought on this, and he's like, or he, he spoke to me saying, like, if you have an opportunity to share about me, why would you miss out? So that's, that's why I'm doing it. I've never thought that way before. So, my, so God shifted my mindset. I was listening to a podcast last year. It was in May, and they were interviewing a guy that owned um, this forest company in the States, one of the largest in the States. And they asked him, why do you plant so much extra, more than his quota of trees, uh, after they cut down all the trees? And he said, I leave it for 100 years, uh, 100 generations after me, that they will have work. So he's, he's like, my family, family, and, and the families that help, that they will have work. And this got me thinking. I always thought about my kids and their kids, but it shifted my thinking about the generations way past them. And thinking about the kids in the church and their generations, and investing into them. So it changed a small picture that I had to a huge vision that God gave me. Of the, of the church and what he intended for the church. So I started thinking about the legacy my parents and my grandparents left for me. And if you know my dad, he's a big, big guy. He likes to joke. And one of his jokes, like, we, we've always grew up where he talked about death. It wasn't not a big new thing to me. But if I call him, like, even today, he lives, they, my parents live in our nanny suite. But if I call or see him, he's like, today you don't get your son or your, your money today, son. You don't get your money today. I'm, I'm like, Dad, don't say that. But he does that. That's his humor. He's just one of those guys. But years ago, my dad asked me, what would you want if I passed on? And I'm not a, I don't really need anything, and I, didn't, I don't care about the money because, you know, you want your parents, you want your dad. But there was one thing that I wanted, and it was my dad's Bible. And I actually brought this Bible right here. You see this gigantor thing. So this Bible has duct tape all over it. And this is a memory that I have of my dad going into church, just big guy, just walking with his big Bible. And, it's, it's, and I remember as a kid just, um, just reading, and it's just on the floor because it has all the colorful pictures. But I remember just reading, and I just, I just, it's a great memory of my dad because it was when in the middle of the night I would get up to go to the washroom, and he would be on the table, at the table, like 2, 3, 4 in the morning, doesn't matter what time, and he'd be reading it praying, and uh, he would be journaling. It's not about the Bible to me. It's, it's not about that. It's the time he spent in prayer and in the Word, a reminder of an investment that he put into put, uh, kids. And, he, and then just seeing he put his eyes on God. And then I think of my grandparents and how they um, left a legacy for my dad, me, and for my kids. Um... My, my grandpa was a godly man, but every time like he would stub his thumb, he would go through the books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And that, that actually, I actually learned a lot from that, about your reaction when things are happening, how you respond. And then as a kid, I remember seeing this list of names. There was split down the middle, there was just tons, and it was actually not just one paper, it was several. And it was names of people that they prayed for. And I was on the list. 
And they would split it up and they would pray for at, at night. They would take one side and the other would take the other side. My grandma would take, but they prayed. They left that legacy of prayer in my family. And so when you think of legacy, you think of money, items. It's what we leave when we leave, when we're gone. Our legacy is what lives beyond us, what people remember when we're gone. So what about your life will outlive you? Have you ever thought about that question? What will live with when you're not here? Is everything in your life about me, about what I can get, about mine, getting mine? And everything that I might collect will die with me when I die? Or will it live long after I'm gone? Am I doing something that goes beyond me? This is a question that keeps coming to me. It can, be a scary if, it can be scary if your life isn't going that direction, but it can also be a great day because you can do something about it. It doesn't matter what age you're at. If you're breathing, you can, you can change your legacy and your direction right now. We want our life to matter. We want a purpose. We want to be remembered. And when I was looking through the Bible, King Solomon came to mind. And King Solomon was the son of David. He was the third uh, king of Israel. Solomon was the most known for his wealth, his wisdom, his writing. He could have everything he wanted. He was rich. But he was coming bored with life. And I'm going to be reading from Ecclesiastes. Um, There's quite a bit of scripture, but I want you to hear his struggle and how he's... uh, how his life is going. It's, it's, it's really interesting. So there's a bit of scripture. Follow with me, though. Uh, Ecclesiastes 2 uh, to verse 11, and then we'll go from 11 to 26, or 12 to 26. I said to myself, come now. I will test you with pleasures to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and bracing folly. My mind's guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what, good, what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days that, of our lives. So he realizes time is short, and he's wondering what I can do to fulfill, to, fulfill, to be happy. And you go to verse 4. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned many herds of flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harems, uh, as well as the delight of my heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In the wisdom and wisdom in all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. But then you'll see King Solomon, there's a shift in in verse 11. Yet when I surveyed all of that my hand has done and what I toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So then I'm going to jump to verse 16, and this is where he's starting to think about his legacy. For the wise, like the fool, will not be long remembered. The days have already come when both both have been forgotten, like the fool. The wise, too, must die. So I hated life, because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things that I had toiled for under the sun, 
because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish, yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my efforts and my skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all the toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they must leave it all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and great and a great misfortune. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which the labor under the sun? All their days were work and grief and pain. Even the night, their minds do not rest. Do any of you feel like that? Your mind's not resting? This is too meaningless. And we'll finish off from 24 to 26. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the, the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God leaves wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives a task, gathering story, storing up wealth, and hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So Solomon's thinking, I'm wasting my life. I'm doing nothing that matters. I need God. He's saying, I need to give it to God. I need to build his kingdom, not my kingdom on earth. So some of uh, pleasures Solomon sought were wrong, and some were even worthy, but even the worthy ones were futile when pursued them in the end of his meat themselves. We must look beyond our activities to the reasons we do them and the purpose they fulfill. Is your goal in life is to search for the meaning or to pursue God who gives you meaning? As you examine your projects, your goals, what is your starting point, your motivation? As you, uh, without God as your foundation, all you're living for is meaningless. Solomon summarized his many attempts at finding life meaning as chasing the wind. We feel the wind is passing, but we can't catch it, we can't hold it, we can't keep it. In all his accomplishments, even the big ones and the good good feelings are only temporary. Security and self-worth are found not in the accomplishments, but far beyond them in the love of God. So think what you consider worthwhile, where you place your time, your energy, and your money in. Will will you one day look back and decide that you were chasing the wind? As King Solomon had everything that he could want, but here he says that he came to hate life. So what happened? His marvelous accomplishments left him sour because he pursued them as a means of his personal satisfaction. So personal satisfaction by itself is empty because we are alone in the enjoyment we receive. So what is your attitude about what you do? Is your goals to satisfy only yourself? You will find yourself empty, seeking only yourself, seeking one after another as Solomon did. If your goal is to serve God and others, then you will experience a full life, one that won't leave you sour. So building God's kingdom, legacy starts with that. Taking your eyes off of yourself, how do we do that? So Matthew 22, 36 to 39. This is the religious leaders were asking, trying to trap uh, Jesus in questions. And the Pharisees heard that he silenced the Sadducees. So they they were thinking of a question. So the question was, teacher, which of the greatest commandment is in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So love God. 
Love people. Jesus is saying, if you do all these things, everything will fall into place because your eyes are on him. So how are you doing with that? There's a part of us that wants to be great. We want to matter. We want to be better than uh, the other person. If you remember the, the, the disciples arguing about who's the greatest in Mark uh, 9, 30, uh, 34 to 35, but they kept quiet because the, on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. And Jesus like, I heard you. So it comes, then he's saying, Sit, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants me first, be first, must be very last, be the very last, and the servant of all. And we live in a culture of what we can get. But as a church, we need to f- focus on what we can give. And that's walking and living in faith. I'm going to read one more verse here, John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have life to the full. Not a half, not a quarter, but to a full. King Solomon realized that. Even Pastor Trav said this last week, life to the full. He wants you to be satisfied. So stop tre- trying to be in, your, in the lane that's, or, sorry. So stop trying to be in the lane that you think is best for you. But don't you want to be in the lane that God's called you to be in? instead of the one you're creating for yourself. So stay in your lane. That's how God set it up. Legacy is where it's not about you no more. This is uh, something I've been thinking about. I don't want to live a lifestyle of faith. When it dies, and, or when I die, it dies with me. Whatever I've created, it dies with me. Whatever I believe for, it dies with me. I don't want to be known as that man of great faith, and it stops right there. Who did that help? Whose life was transformed by that? How is that going to outlive me? A lot of time we live a lifestyle of what we can gather, what we can gain, what we can get. God doesn't have a problem with you having it. The problem he has with it is that it has you. The moment when God tells you to give up something, you're like, no, God, I can't give that up because we find our value in those things. If you think of that thing that God could take away from you right now, do you feel like your value would be taken away? God's saying, give up that trip and serve. Give up the money. Did I say money? Yes, I said money. The big beard guy said money. He's going to ask you to give it up. Give up your time. You can't get the back. God has called you before you were in your mother's womb. God knew your name. He knew your purpose. And you might be confusing your purpose with success. Because man says you're successful doesn't mean it's your purpose. I'm what others think. That's what we believe. We're like, that's what, he's that. That's what we think we are. God has a purpose for you. Success is doing the will of God while you're growing in the love of God. We will have to go before God one day, asking you, what did you do with what I've given you? Your gifts, your talents, your treasures. I called you to preach. I called you to evangelize. I called you to be a doctor, a nurse, whatever that might be. Did you do it? The re- your reality is, will affect your eternity. We live in a time. We don't understand this concept of, t- uh, of eternity, but it's forever. The investment we make on earth will continue if it's fixed on God. So that's why we give. That's why we worship. That's why we serve. That's why we forgive. And that's why we love. Life goes so quick. So what you're worried about doesn't matter on the backdrop of eternity. 
You're worried about your work, your situations that are going on, your marriage, money. What is money? Can it give you life? Can it give you another breath? And serving people, you might invest in kids and people and in the church. You might be just serving lots in the church. You might not get nothing in return for it. No earthly rewards. But there will be an eternal reward. You will leave a legacy. All I'm going to do, I just feel like God's been saying, all I want you to do is, is, is use everything I have that he's given me. Give out of overflow. I want to live in overflow. To leave my children's children. Sowing seed and sowing into their lives. Who cares what you accumulate if it doesn't produce for someone else? Uh, you guys might have know uh, Notre Dame, the cathedral in Paris. Uh, re- if you remember, in 2019, there was a massive fire. People were devastated. People said, who cares about the building? Just build another one. People didn't understand how long it took to build and the history. The building was started in 1163 and opened at 1345, 182 years. Just like the Grand Prairie Hospital, it seemed like. <laughs> no. There was 11 kings in that time frame. Too far, right? No. <laughs> they weren't crying because of the building, but it was something, uh, someone's legacy getting destroyed. There was artists and men and women and children that started this project that wouldn't even see it finished. So imagine getting up every day and knowing what you're putting your life into will never be fully enjoyed by you or maybe even your children. But maybe your great-great-grandchildren could admire the legacy that you put into your life. Your life into. We live in a microwave generation. We want it now. We don't want to wait. We want the next new thing. Your marriage is struggling? Well, let's just just end it. That's not even in Jan and our vocabulary. vocabulary. You're stuck with me. Men hear me. She is absolutely worth it. Worth the investment, worth the tough times. Men protect their wives not because she is weaker, because she's important. You protect what's important. That means things that might try to come between you and your marriage, you battle for it. I ask God every day how I can love my wife, how I can treat her better, how I can honor her and my children. I, want, I just want you to hear, you hear this husband and wives and future husband and wives, if you're not married, you need to serve your wife, you need to serve your husband, you need to serve your children. We need to serve everyone, others. We need to serve in the church. If you want to get to know someone, you serve with them. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I've got a little bit more here, but you can come up, band. So what if the church decided to live not for us? You might think, why do, I, why do I serve or why do I give? Your life will not be defined not by what you gain, but what you give away. Maybe God wanted you to give, an, give you an opportunity to be part of something that's bigger than you. But a lot of times fear sets in. Do you want to step out? We need to be sowing in our kids and other people's kids and marriages. Nothing is promised to us. I think of the Hansen family. I've told about the Hansen family. I grew up with them. Um, but they sowed into me and other kids. They sowed food. Lots of food. Lots of food. 
gas, time, words of encouragement, advice, and hope. That's how we need to live. That's why it's so important to be in relationship with people. Because it can change the direction and change their legacy. God can use you to change someone's legacy. I think of the Walters. Look at, look at the legacy that's going to be changed there. I want to be a part of what God's doing in this church, in my community, at my work. Wherever he is, I want to be there. So how are you going to leave a legacy? It's going to cost in your talents, your treasures, and your time. One more verse, Acts 20 to 24. Verse 24. However I consider my life worth nothing to me, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. So we need to love God. We need to love people. Love is a verb and it's an action. God has given us gifts and talents and treasures. He's given us all that we need for right now. He's just saying, trust me, step out in what I have for you. So life with God, we need, to, we need time in the word, listening. We need time in worship, praising and thanking. We need time to be in church. Get your body and your family in church. And we need time in prayer, talking with them, constant communication. If you do all these things, it will change your legacy. You just need to do it. So as we're closing, I just want you to think, what, what's your legacy look like? What are you leaving? And when we think of the legacy, we, it's, it's just not about you no more. It's about God's kingdom. So let's just uh, close our eyes and just for a minute, let's just ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do with what we heard. So God, we just ask you. God, we just ask you, what do you want us to, what, what do you want us to do, Lord? How do you want to use us, Father? How do you want us to step out of our fears and, our, and uh, the things that are holding us back into the things that you have for us? Even though it looks scary, God, how do you want us to move forward, God? God, you say love, love God and, and love people, God. We need to serve so God, help us to be more like you. Help us to keep our eyes on you. God, help us to trust you. God, give us strength beyond that's ours. Give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding beyond us. God, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for your, your son, sending, sending your son to die for us, Lord. We thank you. God, you're so good. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. When we were worshiping this morning, the Spirit of God just laid on my heart that, you know, there's a lot of voices in the land that he's called us to dwell in. And sometimes we get a little distracted. We can be in the beauty of nature, and we get so distracted by the noise of a waterfall or the sound of birds that we miss the appearance of something else. And this morning, the Lord just says to our church, incline your ear to me. Focus, focus your attention on me in these days that I've called you to live in. Because I'm going to do great and amazing things in you and through you. But here's the thing, church, is, is we actually have to be switched on to the Spirit of God in order to hear and to comprehend what it is that we have to, He has to say to us. 
And so many times we're so distracted. We let other voices speak into our life. We let the voices of things that entertain us or excite us speak into our lives. We let the voice of the enemy all the time speak into our life. And and he speaks words of distraction and misalignment. But the Lord's voice, his still, quiet voice, is ever speaking to his sons and daughters. And you might be sitting here this morning and say, I have no idea what God's voice sounds like. But I want to tell you the truth, that if you are his sheep, if you are his son, if you are his daughter, you can hear his voice. It's just a matter of being still. Stop striving. Stop moving around. Be still and know that he is God. You will begin to hear his voice. He speaks to you through his word. He speaks to you through his family. He speaks to you this day, it says, through his son. And you are more than capable this morning of hearing from God. The question is, will you listen? Will you listen? Carlisle absolutely hit a four-run dinger, a grand slam with this line. The whole message was good. If you don't go back and listen to this message, I, I just wish I was allowed to spank you. But success is doing the will of God while you are living in the love of God. If that doesn't make you shake a little, you need to drink more coffee because you are, you are missing the spirit of the living God speaking directly to your heart this morning. Success is doing the will of God while you're living in the love of God. We're going to close the service with this song, and I specifically love one line in this song. As I bow before you, Lord, I will rise in confidence, and I will see your goodness, Lord, in the land I'm living in. We had a tough go for a few years. And frankly, the 12 years before this one as a church have all been full of hard work and struggle and victory and defeat and all the things. And your marriage before today has had its struggles and victories. Your parenting has had its struggles and it's had its victories. Guys, these things are constant while we live in this earth. As this this land that God has called us to dwell in is full of giants to this day. And tomorrow you will face giants. But if we do the will of God while living in the love of God, if we bow before him, he will lift us up. The Bible says if you bow down before your God in due time, he will lift you up or he will exalt you. Sometimes the voice of the enemy would say to you, you shouldn't bow before the leaders of your church. Can I just just speak truth to the person or two that's struggling with that this morning. Nobody, no leader in any church has ever asked you to bow before the leader of a church, but we ask you to bow with the leaders of the church. Because we know full well that when we, when we lower ourselves, when we make ourselves small in the sight of God and we magnify who He is in our lives, He picks us up and He sets our feet on solid ground. He places us in the cleft of the rock and He protects us from all harm, in his strong right hand. That gives us the ability to walk through this life not fearing the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Church, success is doing the will of God while living in the love of God. So this morning, maybe you need to take a first step and you need to get right with God. 
I want to invite you to come. There, there is a cost to following Jesus. It's not money. It's actually just your will. Your will bent to his, turning from sin, becoming his follower, becoming his disciple. That means letting him be the one who teaches you. That's step one for some of us this morning. But for the rest of us, maybe you need to once again bow yourself in the presence of God so that in the right time he can lift you up, so that he can exalt you. We're going to sing this last song like we always do. You've asked the question, Lord, what do you want me to do with this message this morning? And I believe that he's spoken to you. So this morning, if you need to come for prayer, please come for prayer. You don't have to do this alone. It is not your battle alone. It is the battle that belongs to the Lord, and therefore the battle belongs to his people. And it would be foolish for you to try and fight by yourself when there's an army standing all around you. That's why we come for prayer. That's why we humble ourselves and we set aside our pride and we respond even though we're afraid we might be the only one. The Lord has something here for you this morning and I don't want you to miss it. So as we sing this song, you do, you do what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart this morning. That means respond and come for prayer. That means respond and come for prayer. If it means go to someone in this room and speak the words of life into their life, that's what I want you to do. We need to be a people who are obedient before God. Father, I pray for courage for each heart in this room right now, even those watching online, to do what it is you're asking us to do this morning, God. I ask you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.